even all these years later, we are still arguing about the value of big data and how it's used. But what if the data you have isn't big? Does that mean it's not valuable? Stay tuned and learn more. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. Here we examine what enables true creativity, how to convert ideas into innovation, and seek out what ignites enterprise-wide growth. I'm your host, entrepreneur, strategist, and muser of metacognition, David Peterson. Now, for many years, you couldn't open any financial services, technology, fintech, trade, public periodical, publication, whatever, without reading an article about how bankers need to harness big data. I mean, it was seriously all the rage. Now, in the past few years, that clamor over that issue has eh, somewhat muted, but there's still plenty of vendors that are still pitching bankers on the need to address their big data problem. I have two issues with this. Number one, banks don't have big data, so they shouldn't be chasing a solution that fixes some non-existent problem. And number two, seeking big data solutions obfuscates an important data issue that banks do need to address that gets overlooked. So let's talk a little bit about big data. How, how, could, how could I explain what that is? It might be best defined by using this example and we think about all of the text, the actual alphanumeric text, from all of the tweets that are going across the entire 24-hour period in, in, the, in the whole world. Now, what would you guess the total amount of data that is generated in one single day just on the X platform? Now, here's the answer. It's 12 terabytes. Now, just in case you forgot, that's 12 trillion bytes. So when you see something that's trending, it's because X has examined 12 or more terabytes of data and found multiple instances of that same word, words, or phrase. That is a big data problem. So instead of big data, bankers have data that's very nicely formatted into fields that all have field tags that identify the data that's in that field. Data fields are things like account number, available balance, loan payoff amount, so on and so forth. Now, we have financial data, we have customer data, we have transaction data, and that's just a, a very few types of data that bankers store. Now, much of it exists as a result of our core processing systems, but ancillary systems like loan and deposit origination programs also house key data fields. It would not be abnormal for a typical community bank to have data in 12 to, I don't know, 20 different data repositories. And getting access to all of that data located in all these different databases and organized in perhaps non-standard ways represents the challenge that anyone who wishes to normalize data management and reporting will face. Thus, those entities that somehow want to corral this data seek to create a new repository that extracts from all of the existing data sources into some single composite database. The idea is, is that once that step is achieved, the new repository can be used to provide systemic insight across all the bank's systems. 
Now, in theory, this sounds awesome. <laughs> the problem is even if you get all the data extracted and normalized, the very next day, the data becomes dated. You literally would have to have a daily update of all data from every data source. And so you set up automation to perform individual extracts. But inevitably, a data source changes, and the data from that system no longer flows to the consolidated database. It's like uh, squeezing jello. Like the harder you squeeze, the more that will run out through your fingers. Now, there's a lot of banks that have spent literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on big data projects only to abandon it when it fails to deliver. What is needed is to have a data acquisition tool that can connect to external systems and gather data when it's needed without having to move that data to a new repository. Then further to allow non-technical staff to access that data to create dashboards, graphical reporting, and targeted marketing lists. Just a few examples. So let's break down the following three categories of data management outcomes. Listen, outcomes. What do you want to have the outcome be if you're successful with data management? Let's start with dashboards. Any CRM tool should provide a wealth of information that's useful to senior executives. And these tools can be used by any user to create their own query using data fields that are in any of the databases. But we'll, what will really drive productivity for executives is the access to customized dashboards that, at a glance, gives them immediate and actionable information on, say, key metrics. Another is graphical reporting. Every financial institution must put together the demonstratives that will be used for, say, board meetings. Now, some reports come from some third-party systems or external consultants or any kind of outside source. But the bulk of the reporting comes from systems the bank has deployed internally to manage its operations. Now, different systems produce reports in different formats, and a lot of those reports are non-graphical in nature. So similar to the dashboard example, converting the tedious monthly board reporting into standardized, cohesive, graphic-oriented presentment would be highly desirable. Next is target marketing lists. Marketers are forever trying to segment customers so that the marketing for a specific product or service can be targeted to specific end users, potential end users. So if I was able to, say, interrogate a database and had some questions that yielded a specific outcome that then uh, drove a specific targeted demographic, then that would be extremely valuable. So, for example, let's say I wanted to find out small businesses that were using my online banking application. I might search for a high number of online banking logins combined with identifying any inbound ACH credits that were originated from outside vendors such as Square, or Google, Shopify. Now, if there was 25,000 consumer accounts and the query yielded 1,100 hits, well, there's a much highly uh, likelihood that the success of a marketing program targeting small businesses sort of hiding in consumer online banking, if I'm only focused on 1,100 rather than trying to do some kind of large blast to 25,000 recipients. You get the idea. Now, the three categories I have talked about here are certainly not the only use of a data management tool. 
But let's suppose that you only could solve for these three. Well, I think you would have delivered value well beyond the cost of probably the acquisition of that management tool. So what kind of tool am I talking about? Well, there are many different types of tools that are out there. So the tools that you're looking for are ones that can specifically address this idea of how you access third-party databases without pulling all of that into a consolidated new database, which, as I've mentioned, winds up being quite problematic. Now, I'm not going to reference any specific vendors here. Not appropriate for me to try and pick a, a winner or a loser, but there are companies that are out there. And I think the real question or key for you is the questions that you would ask to ascertain and know whether or not they might be one that you would consider. Let's start with this question of, do you create a new curated database or do you simply access the elements in the database of any external system, as many as there might be, that would be available through APIs or other interfaces for those data elements that are needed for any particular query? Meaning, do you have to siphon all those out and put them all in one place in order for your tool to work? Or can you actually access data wherever it is and therefore, uh, we don't have to worry about some new consolidated database getting stale. Number two is, can it perform the outcomes that you want? So if the outcomes are this dashboard or consolidated reporting, or perhaps even this idea of how you would create a, a specific target marketing campaign, then you should be able to create multiple scenarios that are very specific to the outcomes that you want to have. And then you would present the vendor with those outcomes. And so again, one of, one of my kind of pet peeves and you sign up to go see a presentation or get a pitch from a vendor and they kind of have their dog and pony show. They want to show you things in a specific format that, you know, shows off their product in its best light. And, and, and why not? I mean, if, if you can get away with that, that's what you do as a vendor. But I think smart bankers are the ones who kind of force them to show specific outcomes. Hey, I have this very specific example and I just need you to show me how your product can do that. When, when you have vendors who are hesitant about doing that or perhaps are unable to do that, uh, that's a red flag. And um, you, should, you, know, you should take good note of that. But when they say, oh, yeah, yeah, let, let me show you how that would work. And they, they go right in and show it to you. Well, then that's the opposite. That's a huge plus to show that literally they are uh, able to uh, almost on the fly uh, show you how, you know, how their system should work. So what is it that you need from a, a data system is going to be driven by those outcomes. So you need to focus on running your business. You need to focus on getting more loans. You need to focus on in generating more income. You need to focus on reducing costs, either of which improves the gross margin. And ultimately, you need to improve the customer experience. So playing around with databases and, and trying to figure out a non-existent big data problem isn't really something you should be spending uh, a lot of time doing. But you know, perhaps you can look at the kinds of outcomes that you need. And if you find that the tools that you have are lacking, just go online and do a search and look for the search terms for, you know, big data or database management or data analysis from a fintech standpoint. If you're going to conferences, look for those vendors that are saying that they have those types of tools and then make sure that you ask them very, very specific questions. So, how are you dealing with the data that you have and how you can effectively use it? That's a good question. Are you staying on top of 
growing data elements, this growing, ever-growing number of data elements that you have, or do you feel like it's just completely out of control? It's super easy to get frustrated and you give up on trying to management, but there are big payoffs for the banks that can get their arms around the data they have and then come up with ways they can harness that data that improves the gross margin, improves internal efficiencies within their own institutions, and most importantly, can add to the customer overall customer satisfaction. So we want to make sure that we're being good stewards of the data that we have, and we should not be embarrassed or afraid to use it. But as always, we can't be creepy about how we go about it. So I welcome your comments, my contact information you will find in the show notes, and I look forward to uh, talking with you again soon. Thanks again for investing your valuable time listening to the Innovation Driven Growth Podcast. I covet your questions, comments, or critique. You can reach me at david at davidpeterson.com. I'm also on Facebook at DP Speaks and everywhere else on social media at DLP Speaks. I look forward to hearing from you and be sure to look for a new episode soon.